We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Megan Duggan. She is a native of Danvers, Massachusetts, who has achieved sustained success at all levels of her hockey career in international and collegiate play. Graduate of the University of Wisconsin with biology, where she won three national championships and an Olympic and professional athlete. With Team USA, she won three Olympic medals, including the first Olympic gold in 20 years, where she led the U.S. Olympic hockey team as captain, a member of the USWNT since 2007. She has won seven IIHF Women's World Championships. Megan, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you on this show. Someone who is huge hockey fan. This is pretty exciting for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always uh, it's always exciting to talk to a fellow hockey player, especially a um, a fellow women's hockey player. And uh, it's a small world, so it's nice to connect. Totally is a small world. And I, I heard you speak at the Women's Fund's annual meeting, and I just absolutely loved your story. And I, I just said, I got to I got to have her on my show. <laughs> um, awesome. So let's dive in a little bit. You know, today, a major topic is diversity and inclusion. And I know you have an amazing story to share. Can you tell our listeners how you decided to take a leader, leadership role in this space? Yeah, such a great question. And um, for me, I, you know, I, I think about a lot of different factors in my life um, and kind of in the world in general that kind of led me towards making, um, you know, making this part of my my everyday. I think just in general, you know, all of us right now are are really eager to be a part of a, a world or a company or an organization that is more diverse and more inclusive. Um, and to do that, you know, we, we need to seek systemic change, right? That's change in behavior, culture, attitudes. Um, and we all know that there's a lot of challenges that lie within seeking those changes. Uh, for me personally, my passion and commitment towards all of this kind of started back in um, 2017 when I was uh, able, alongside my teammates, to lead a successful strike by our national team uh, versus USA Hockey, which was our, our national governing body of hockey at the time, um, for gender equitable treatment for women um, in, in the sport of hockey and in our program. And that was a, a, a long battle. We learned a lot. Um, you know, we discussed privately with USA Hockey behind the scenes changes that we wanted to um, to see and to make in our program. And, and we weren't able to, um, to make any progress with them. So we came out with a very public boycott. Um, it's quite a long story, but, uh, but we were able to make some, some truly systemic change in our program. And while we're still working on those changes every single day, um, it really amplified, um, kind of the movement and, um, and all of that in my mind and my teammates' mind. So, from then, um, I really just kind of made a commitment to, uh, one, helping to diversify hockey in general, whether that's for opening it up to more women or uh, more members of the BIPOC community or LGBTQ plus community. Um, that's very important to me. 
but also, you know, seeking out other opportunities to, um, you know, to, to help underrepresented groups in all aspects of life. Um, and to truly, as I said at the beginning, make a more diverse and inclusive world um, that really all of us are, are eager to be a part of. I love that. And I remember following the story when it was actually happening and someone obviously who's active in hockey, as you mentioned, it's a small community. And and I loved how my hockey network nationally and globally was all for and 100 percent supporting the initiatives that you were doing. So I think that's an amazing story. Um, and well, that's awesome. Thank you for the support. I've, I've, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but I've said, you know, since we were able to achieve that, that the, the, to me, um, kind of the, the underlying reason why we were able to achieve what we were able to achieve was really just the unity, um, in unity of, you know, our team, but also women like yourself and young girls everywhere that stood behind us as well. That's amazing. Yes. It, it, it was great. You, you've definitely empowered so many, um, women and, and all walks of people, I think, for taking a voice and, and standing out and not being afraid. I'm sure there was some fear happening, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes, but publicly it looked like you were you were very strong in your message. And I think that was fantastic. So as a board member for USA Hockey, what is it that you really hope to achieve? Um, so I would say just kind of going off of, um, you know, the question that we just discussed is uh, one of the biggest things that, that I want to achieve and that I'm, I'm working towards every day in, in a few different capacities, whether that's, um, in my board seat or the different subcommittees and sections I sit on at USA hockey, um, or within, you know, being a part of the, um, NHL's player inclusion committee, where we're working to diversify elite hockey, um, or, you know, being a board member with the women's sports foundation as well. Um, all of those kind of have a, a similar goal um, in my mind. And, and, you know, the first two is really just to diversify hockey. Um, as I kind of alluded to in, in the answer to my first question, it, you know, it, when we think about hockey traditionally, I hate to say it, but, you know, you think about hockey traditionally and underrepresented groups are anyone that is not you know, white, straight, cis men, right? Like that is um, sadly what people uh, kind of associate with hockey. So um, in a lot of those positions that I'm in, what I want to do is make sure that underrepresented groups um, are welcomed and are introduced to the sport of hockey. Um, and, you know, hockey changed my life in so many ways. Um, you know, I was the only girl growing up when I was playing and, um, but you know, I didn't, didn't let that stop me. I had really supportive parents. I had supportive coaches and teams and, and I was given and earned opportunities. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that don't feel welcome in hockey or don't feel that, um, you know, it's a sport for them. And because I love it so much, because it changed my life in a million ways. Um, I want to make sure that every single person, you know, boy or girl, um, you know, any gender, any race, um, any sexual orientation has access to hockey, um, and loves it can play at an elite level or a youth level or whatever they want. And, um, those are definitely things that, that I'm personally working towards every day to try to make happen. Oh, that's, that's great. You're, you're giving me chills and <laughs> listening. <laughs> I can just hear the passion for what it is that you're, you're working on. And I, I love it. Um, so I know that you've recently entered this wonderful world of, of motherhood. I'm personally not a mom, but I have a niece and I, I 
my, I have the awesome job of spoiling her. Um, <laughs> but how has that impacted what it is that you're trying to achieve and the mission that you're working towards? Oh man, it's, first of all, being a parent, is it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I just, I, I don't remember my life before my son George was born. It, it's just, people say it and it sounds so cliche, but it's just, um, you know, I, I've had so many opportunities in my life to go cool places or play in Olympic gold medal games, win gold medals, um, you know, meet all these wonderful people. And none of that holds a, a you know, a candle to, to being a mom and getting to see and watch my son grow every day. It's, it's just, it's the best. Um, but with that comes, you know, I think a lot about the, the responsibility of, of raising a child and the next generation, um, in say, you know, the, the social climate that we're in right now. And I think it just encourages me more to, um, you know, one work towards a better future for him, uh, in whatever that looks like, whether it's in sport, whether it's in business, um, you know, whether it's in just creating a, as we've talked about, a more diverse and inclusive environment um, and just kinder human beings. Uh, so I think about that. And then, you know, the responsibility truly of, of raising, um, you know, what will be a, a white man um, in society and, and making sure that he understands, um, you know, the importance of, uh, of being inclusive and, um, and not, uh, I don't know, not thinking that he, he owns the world. Right. So um, for lack of a better, better phrase. And so I think, you know, I think about it in a lot of different ways. It's the greatest thing I've ever done. I think it inspires me more um, to want to be more um, in the work that I'm doing right now. And also just, you know, inspires me to, to kind of want to enter into and, and do a little bit of work in, in the motherhood space and what that means and, you know, finding ways to support moms and, and dads and parents and, um, you know, because you realize uh, when you become a parent that there, there's a lot of things about it that are difficult as well. Um, whether that's, you know, maternity leave policies or childcare and things like that. So, um, trying to, uh, kind of learn a little bit about that space as well. Oh, wow. That's, that's a big, 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 big to do. It sounds like, <laughs> sure is. but uh, based on your past performance, I anticipate you're going to knock it out of the park again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, Megan. So, um, this show is really focused on networking and building relationships. And my goal is to alleviate any fears that people may have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners, one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I feel like um, it's, it's, it's so great that, that this is the topic that you're focusing on because the word networking can be uh, very daunting, obviously. And I think, um, I think for me, I, um, I, I definitely have uh, been, um, I guess I've had the opportunity to be a part of some really great, I guess, uh, networking and athlete and career education seminars through the USOC, um, which I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for, um, and hopefully have, you know, given me some tools and tried to help set me up, um, you know, to network better at certain times. Uh, so I'm, I've definitely tried to take the scary part of, uh, the scary part of networking, um, you know, out of, away, uh, with some of those tools. But I would say, um, when I think back to one of my most successful or favorite networking story, um, I think back to a time when 
I didn't even know I was networking at this time. And that's probably um, why it came off and why it ended up being more of a, um, a friendship and a relationship. But mm-hmm. um, I was, I was uh, asked to do this event shortly after the 2018 Olympics um, out in Telluride, Colorado. I was doing a, you know, a one-time sponsor appearance um, at a really, really cool event. It was at this awesome resort um, and it was in conjunction with uh, Jaguar Land Rover, the vehicle um, work, you know, uh, two vehicles. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was this outside event. They had all of these, um, you know, dealership owners and, and people from the company there, they were celebrating them in this really fun, you know, winter Olympic themed event. And it was kind of a small, intimate group. And I was able to meet just so many fantastic people. I mean, we played hockey outside. We played curling outside, which I was terrible at. Uh, We had dinner that night. There was karaoke. Like it was very casual and intimate, just a celebration. And I was there, you know, as an athlete representative to bring my gold medal and really um, get excited and and get the, um, the attendees excited about that, that winter Olympic spirit. And I ended up making a connection with, um, with a guy who I has become a friend. His name's Joe Everhart. And, um, he is one of the CEOs of Jaguar Land Rover in North America. And we just ended up really, um, hitting it off and becoming friends and kind of, uh, following up with each other. And, um, you know, I was checking in on him and his family and, uh, he recently right after that went skiing and ended up tearing his ACL and both of his knees. We were talking about rehab and things like that. And just an awesome guy that, um, I would con- consider a mentor and someone I've, I've kept in touch with and, um, really respect a lot. And, um, and through that, um, through that connection, I was able to actually, uh, become a global ambassador for Jaguar Land Rover. Um, and through that do some really unbelievable work with them when it comes to, um, you know, uh, women's empowerment at different events I've spoken on, uh, for panels with them or, um, you know, diversity and inclusion events, you know, being a, um, a member of the LGBT community. So, um, you know, at the time didn't really know that, uh, all of that would come from it, but just great casual conversation being, uh, myself and was able to con- create and continue this, uh, this really great relationship with, with Joe and, and Jaguar Land Rover. Oh, I think that's a great story. And, and what I love about it is that you went into this event with zero expectations you were just kind of like doing a job yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you built this amazing relationship and it sounds like it's a friendship but you also got you know some uh, additional um outcomes that again were unexpected and so I think that is a really important lesson with networking is that you you really don't necessarily know when you're networking sometimes exactly exactly So as someone who's traveled globally, and I'm sure you've met a gazillion people, how do you best nurture these relationships that you've created? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, um, I think we all have a hand up a little bit right now with, um, you know, with the world being virtual and, and, and really being able to get in touch with and get in front of anyone at any point. Um, so I think that can often help us, but I think, um, I I would say the, the best way that I try to, um, try to do that or keep things going is, is really, I, I truly try to be my authentic self. I I don't try to be someone that I'm not in my communications with, um, my network or mentors or, you know, 
potential business professionals that I, you know, I want to uh, put myself in front of. I, I really try to connect when it feels right or when it feels organic um, and, and don't when it doesn't. And sounds a little cliche again, but it's, it's kind of what worked for me. Um, I'm also a person that truly acts a lot of time off of gut and instinct. Um, and you know, that being said, find myself in, in situations where I'm experiencing a lot of different like coincidences or things happen for a reason. Um, and that's just, that's who I am. And that's, um, that's kind of what's allowed me to, uh, create and keep wonderful relationships in my life. Um, I really try to be open and honest about where I'm at or what's going on. Um, and, and, you know, be inclusive to whoever I'm speaking with as well. So, Again, um, you know, I, I try not to be someone that I'm not uh, in my communication or in my, say, posting or sharing or updates on LinkedIn or things like that. Um, just keep it organic and authentic. And that seems to work for me. I agree 100% with that. I think authenticity is the best way to present yourself and you'll attract the right type of people that you want to actually be engaged with or engaging with you instead of trying to be right. something that you're not. Right. So what advice would you offer to someone who's looking to grow their network? Um, another great question. I, I mean, aside from, as we just kind of discussed, you know, being authentically yourself and, um, you know, don't try to be anyone you want, but I would or don't try to be someone that you're not. Sorry. I was thinking ahead to what I was going to say, but um, I would say, you know, it kind of, educate yourself a little bit on what you want to grow into and, and who you want to talk to and, and learn a little bit about, um, kind of, you know, the backgrounds of, you know, people you, you want to add into your network, um, you know, what they do, what's important to them, you know, um, what they're passionate about. I feel, uh, in addition to being myself and sharing my authentic self, I think taking an interest in what other people are doing or what else is out there, um, when you're searching for, you know, what's next or what do I want to do or who do I want to be connected with or grow my network? Um, I always find that, you know, oftentimes um, I learn something new and it inspires me to want to do something else or get involved in something else just by listening to other people, um, just by understanding and educating myself a little bit on, uh, you know, what are other people passionate about? I, I find it, it inspires me and makes me think about things in a different way. So in turn, you know, helps me grow my network and, um, and become involved in, in other things. I love that. There's so much truth to all of those things and just really identifying what interests you and then find others that have similar passions. It doesn't always have to be with an end goal or objective. It's just, you know, like-minded individuals. That's really exactly. I think, the simplicity around it. Yep. All right, Megan, here's a fun question. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? <laughs> oh, I would, I think, um, I think the biggest thing, my 20-year-old self, I think the biggest thing I would tell my 20-year-old self is try not to strive for perfection. Um, I'm a very, uh, type a personality. Um, you know, I've learned a lot kind of through my ups and downs of my hockey career and, and growth in my leadership about, um, you know, too often trying to be perfect or trying not to make mistakes. Um, and I think whether it's, you know, getting older or making more mistakes or becoming a mom or whatever it is, 
um, you know, I, I've tried to make myself realize that you can't be perfect all the time and mistakes are, are where we grow, right? That's where those challenges are. That's where we find opportunities. So, um, a lot of times in, in my, you know, my hockey career, my pre- professional career, I was, you know, gripping my stick too tight, right? We all say that in hockey and, and wanting something so bad and not wanting to make a mistake. And, um, in, in doing so, you know, I would have different, different blind spots, or, um, I would put myself in a bad position. So I would say that's, that's definitely what I would tell my 20 year old self, you know, make mistakes and, and see challenges as opportunities, because that's, that's where you, um, that's where you'll grow. You know, I mean, who are any of us if we, if we don't face challenges, right. If everything's perfect all the time, that's just, it's, it's impossible. It's just not, that's not life. So finding ways to embrace the challenges, um, and not seek out perfection, um, is definitely something I've learned, but I wish I knew it when I was younger. (laughs) Yeah. Now the real question is, would you have listened to yourself in this advice? Probably not as a 20 year old. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) No, even worse. Like, you know, go back five years from that, like a 15 year old, I was just brutal to my parents. You know, I was just one of those, like, Oh, like when you think of just teenage girl on a mission, that was me. So, Oh yeah. I, I I'm sure we have some good <laughs> stories we could share. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I agree hundred percent. I loved your statement of mistakes are where we grow and there's so much truth to that. I mean, you have to look at it. It's, it's not a mistake. It's a lesson learned. That's the way I like to position those things. And, and that's how we become better humans overall. Right. Right. Um, another fun one for you. So we're all familiar with the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you would love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within six degrees? Ooh, um, I would say, okay. So I was answering in my head, I was answering the second part of the question, um, first. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay. So the person that I would love to connect with, um, at this point right now, I think would be, uh, Kamala Harris. Um, and do I think I could do it within six degrees? I really do think that I could, I think it would take some serious degrees of people. Um, but I think that I could do it and, um, I would start that journey. So when you say start that journey, would that be, who would I start with? Sure. Yeah. Where would you start? Yep. Um, I would try to, I would start with Billie Jean King. Um, cause to me, she's, you know, kind of the alpha dog in women's sports mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, could eventually lead me down the path of like connecting with alpha dogs, females in, uh, in all the other industries. And, you know, Kamala Harris right now is the alpha dog in politics. So, um, that's where, that's where I would start. And I, uh, yeah, I would love to connect with her. That's great. I, 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 believe that you will make it happen. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a little tagging of her on, yeah, yeah. on social and see, see if we Perfect. can help, help make that happen. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Ooh, that's an excellent, excellent question. Um, so what I would like to ask you and uh, would be, let's see. Um, maybe a too casual of a question for your podcast, but tell me, could you, you, you obviously play, um, hockey. We discussed that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear your favorite hockey moment or memory, um, since you've been playing. Oh, 
<laughs> you got uh, so many of them. Oh I'm my sure. God, I know. Um, oh goodness. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have two here. Um, the day I met Chris Chelios was super amazing. I grew up nice. in Chicago. And my brother is the same age as one of Chelios's kids. And he was playing at the might level where they all rotate playing goalie. So my brother scored a goal on Chelios's son. I just think that's super cool story oh, to share. Awesome. <laughs> um, and the other is um, my dad is who got me into hockey. And even though I was, I'm, I'm getting all emotional now, but um, <laughs> he, he um, would come as me as an adult and come to my adult games and cheer me on. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Cause I didn't really play growing up as a kid, because as you know, women in hockey, yep. girls, hockey was not really something um, that was big. And right. so I started because I wanted to, and I took the initiative to learn how to play um, on my own. And then my dad got me into the adult leagues in our local community. Um, even though there weren't many women doing it. So I just, that's awesome. Yeah. Love that. And I love those memories. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I think when I think back to some of my memories, you know, my favorite hockey memories is a lot that stick out, but, um, but many of them are the ones that I've shared with family or close friends or, um, and that's obviously exactly kind of where your mind just went to. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That was a really fun question. Good, good. <laughs> All right, Megan, what uh, final advice would you like to offer with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, my best advice in, uh, in regards to growing and supporting um, your network is, I would say, be patient with yourself. Um, you know, kind of goes along with the perfectionist mindset and, um, and trying not to do that. But it's, uh, I find myself sometimes you know, waking up in the middle of the night or, or randomly if I'm having a bad day thinking, you know, I'm not doing enough or, um, I need to do X or I need to, you know, put myself here, get myself in touch with this person. And, um, and I think sometimes just being, you know, being patient with myself and, um, you know, showing myself a little bit of, of grace and respect and, and honoring the things that, um, you know, I have done or that I'm working towards or, um, you know, and, or, or even just the things that, you know, slow me down, um, that's chasing around my son and playing with him and reading books to him. And there's, there's beauty in that too. So I think just being patient with, with yourself is really important. Um, things aren't going to happen overnight. And when I say be patient with yourself, obviously life and networking and, uh, you know, and growing requires a lot of hard work as well, but, uh, but we all need, you know, uh, to take care of ourselves along the way too. So I think, um, I think that's the best advice I can give. Oh, I, that is just sound advice on so many levels. And I think <laughs> with so many, there's so much, um, I hate saying this word now, uncertainty and just, you know, no one knows what's happening next in our world. And everyone's in somewhat of a, a I don't want to say a panic mode, but just not sure. And, and we're trying our best, but I, I like how you said, honor the things that we've done. I think that's yeah. really important to, to stop and reflect back and give yourself Grace. That's yeah. really sound advice. Thank you for Great. that. Great. Great. No, my pleasure. So Megan, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Um, yeah, you can find me at mduggan10 on, um, on Instagram and Twitter. And, um, that, that would definitely be the, the best, best place to get in touch with me. Um, or I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, right. so just hit me up. 
Cool. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Perfect. Thank you for having me. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Megan for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. If you'd like to connect with me, feel free to connect on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at laurie at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.